Take 15, a Take 3 Wrestling Podcast. It's me, it's Mike Bernier. I'm back by myself again on this treacherous drive to work. We're going to talk about what happened last night on Monday Night Raw. We're going to preview what's happening on NXT tonight as we have the final show before TakeOver 36 on Sunday from the Capitol Wrestling Center. But before we get into either of those, something I did not touch on yesterday's episode, the breakup of Rapongi 3K. For those of you that listen to this show that know about New Japan, show and yo, Rapongi 3K, were managed by Rocky Romero, who used to have a tag team named Rapongi Vice. They're a member of the Chaos Stable, former IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions. Well, show got hurt. Yo got a singles match against Desperado, which he lost, which he should have lost because he's definitely not the singles star of the tag team. But they decided to give it a go, and we thought we may get the, the relaunch of Rapongi 3K in the Junior Tag League Summit. Unfortunately, Rapongi 3K went 0-3, and Show reached his breaking point uh, and turned his back on Yo, basically turning heel, making Yo the face. So we no longer have Rapongi 3K in the Junior Tag Division, uh, but flow to that division. Uh, which wasn't very deep as it was. But unfortunately, this was the route that I felt that they were going, especially when Yo got the junior heavyweight title match while Sho was on the shelf injured. Uh, I think they're going to feud for a little while. I think it's inevitably going to lead to Sho, the better singles wrestler, going over his former tag team partner. But the real question here that I have is where does Sho fit into the, I guess, stable archy of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Obviously, he's not in chaos anymore due to the fact that he turned on a tag team partner. So, is he destined for Suzuki Goon? Is he a guy that fits in with the Bullet Club? I mean, personally, I'd rather him go to Suzuki Goon or kind of do his own thing than end up as another member of the Bullet Club because, well, kind of like the uh, the, the elite over in AEW. It's like, if Brandon Color can be in them, then, you know, Show could be in Bullet Club or some bullshit like that. I don't know. I'd rather him just kind of do his own thing and just be an aggressive guy who's just going to try to tear through the junior heavyweight division. Now, let's get back to Monday Night Raw talk. Uh, in a dark match before the show started, Keith Lee defeated Casey Blackrose. Uh, the rumor here is that Keith Lee, they're trying to figure out if they want to make him like this big monster or if they want to make him like the athletic, agile big man that he is. Um, so they're trying to test him out. They're trying to see his stamina right now. They gave him a full-fledged push, which, if that's the case, awesome. I'm glad they're not rushing him just being like, hey, he's back, here you go, and putting his health on the line. So uh, kudos to WWE there about trying to make sure that Keith is 100% healthy before doing anything that potentially put his life on the line. Show opened with uh, Riddle and Randy Orton reforming RK-Bro, which I pretty much thought was the foregone conclusion here. Um, And they are going to get the tag title match that's been formally announced for SummerSlam. Uh, Opening match, uh, AJ Styles over Riddle in 11 minutes. Um, Good back and forth match. Uh, AJ and Omos basically said, okay, this is the end of RK-Bro. They decide to uh, not be over with and come, you know, back together later on in the show. Rhea Ripley over Nikki almost superhero in 8 minutes and 20 seconds in a non-title match. We then get Drew McIntyre over Shanky and Veer in a 2-on-1 handicap match in 3 minutes and 35 seconds. Okay, let's talk about this real quick, guys. This Jinder Mahal thing, like he's coming after Drew, trying to get revenge on Drew, steals the sword of his family. 
Shanky and Veer, these two, like, really big guys. What the fuck do they only last three and a half minutes with Drew in a handicap match? I don't get it. Like, I don't, no, no, they shouldn't have won. Let, let me, let, let's preface that. But three minutes and 35 seconds for those two dudes, like, I don't know that I agree with that. I'd love to see Drew get, like, beat up for, like, four or five minutes and then, like, rally back, play more, play more, play more again, and then win. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Just it's three minutes and 35 seconds. Yeah. Uh, we saw Damian Priest over the Miz with Johnny Drip Drip in his corner. Uh, then we got the announcement that it's going to be Sheamus versus Priest, uh, which we all pretty much thought was going to be the full-blown conclusion. Listen to the show on Thursday where we talk about our previews. I'm not going to spoil who I predicted win that match. Mansoor with Mustafa Ali over Mace in two minutes. Um, okay. Big problem here with, 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 with Raw right now. Sometimes less is more. Let's look at the times of these matches real quick. Jinder Mahal, the, 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 the handicap match, three minutes, 35 seconds. Damian Priest and, and the Miz, two minutes and 40 seconds. Mansoor defeated Mace in two minutes. Randy Orton over almost in 4 minutes and 30 seconds to be a disqualification. Karrion Cross's entrance was longer than the match against Jeff Hardy, which was 50 seconds. There was a tag match between Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax with Nikki and Rhea Ripley that lasted a total of 7 minutes. I get it. The Goldberg-Bobby Lashley standoff and the final face-to-face meeting for SummerSlam needed time. Then cut half of these matches and give some of these guys some goddamn time to work. What the fuck are we doing? It makes no sense to have these guys out there having six-minute matches. Hey, last show before uh, before the big one, go out there and have a seven-minute tune-up for your 22-minute match at SummerSlam on Saturday. It makes perfect fucking sense. What the fuck are we doing, WWE? I don't get it. The rest of the results real quick before we move on from Raw. Uh, like I said, Mansoor over uh, Mace. Orton over almost via disqualification, crossover party in 50 seconds with the cross jacket, and then Charlotte Flair, Nia Jax over Nikki and Rhea Ripley, which set up again that triple threat match for the big show on Saturday night. Again, you can listen to the preview show. That'll be released probably early Friday morning, late Thursday night after we've recorded uh, our normal big show, which will also include SummerSlam Jeopardy, hosted by yours truly, Mike Bernier. Okay, now, let's transition here because this is what I really want to sink my teeth into. It is the preview for tonight's NXT show from the Capitol Wrestling Center. It's almost like a prelude to TakeOver. We've got some big matches on on this card here. Uh, for the Cruiserweight title, we have Kushida versus the Diamond Mines, Roderick Strong. We have Imperium versus MSK for the tag titles. Duke Hudson versus Carmelo Hayes in a breakout tournament semifinal match. We have a standoff between Joe and Cross. And the final push... <laughs> before TakeOver number 36. Let's start with the first match we talked about. Roderick Strong versus Kushida for the Cruiserweight title. If you want this to work, Roddy walks out with the title tonight. My thought process is, the Diamond Mine was a big thing that Triple H wanted to use. He wanted to get over Roderick, wanted to use Tyler Rust. Well, Smith decided to say, screw that, cutting Tyler Rust. Chop the beat right out from underneath the thing before it even started. But Roddy did beat Bobby Fish, who was a, I'm not going to say a partner to Kushida, but a confidant. So, how do you get this thing over? You get Roddy the title, 
and you let him dominate the cruiser division for for a little while. You move Kushida back over to the uh, North American title picture uh, with Swerve and Santos Escobar and those guys, and it would be just fine for Kushida. It's not that big of a drop for him. Um, I'm going to say that the Diamond Mine is going to get gold tonight, and I think it is going to be the title for Roderick Strong. Uh, The tag title match, Imperium versus MSK. I don't think MSK is dropping the titles yet. I think they're the best tag team right now in NXT, and I love Imperium. I love Eichner and Barthel, um, but I think that MSK right now, their tag team work is so smooth together. It's so fluid. It's probably the best tag team the WWE's had in NXT. It's probably the breakup of DIY, uh, that, 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 that circle there where it was like DIY, the revival in American Alpha. Like, MSK is definitely on that level of, of a good of a tag team in the NXT division. If Imperium does win tonight, um, I can see it being maybe like a uh, transition. Like, they hold it for a couple weeks before dropping it to like hit a record. I don't know. I just, I don't know that Imperium is a long term fix right now. They're a great tag team. I think they should stick around. I think if Walter sticks around after the Dragonoff match, then I think that Imperium could be a stable that would be even better than the Legato del Fantasma. So I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily punt on Imperium, but not not right now. Not not right now. I'd say it with MSK. Um, we have to go home for the World Title, the NXT Title match between Joe and Cross. Yeah, um, this has got to be got to be done right, because I hope that Samoa Joe walks out Saturday or Sunday night as the new NXT champion. If he doesn't, that may leave some more questions and answers as it comes to Gary Cross going to Monday Night Raw. Um, I'm guessing we're going to get a big pull-apart brawl, because hey, that's what we do right before the show starts. Um, other than that, uh, the breakout semifinal match between Duke Hudson and Carmelo Hayes uh, I'm going to pick Duke Hudson as my uh, my prediction to win this match, just because I like his name. I I have not watched any of the breakout tournament matches, because a lot of them have been on 205 Live, and I don't have a lot of time on Friday night to sit around and watch a show that has three members of its active roster total, and one of them is stuck in England as a commentator. Sorry. Um, the other thing we want to talk about here before we get off of here... Um, Mandy Rose, what is she going to do? Looks like she's been recruiting some new talent, Gigi Dolan, Jace Jane. That's something that's going to be a thing where Mandy kind of becomes the new, quote, Robert Stonebrand, where she brings them on. Um, I would think that would be a fun thing for to see her do. Um, but I don't know that, that they would bring over Jesse. Um, maybe something with Frankie Monet involved as well. Um, and then, what do we do with the way? Uh, Candace says that she wants to stay on television as long as her pregnancy allows. And you have to think they'll try to make it work, especially with her husband, Johnny Gargano. Um, Austin Theory already ran away from home. <laughs> I can't believe somebody wrote that in, in a preview. Uh, he ran the main event where he's been wrestling recently. Indy Hartwell has recently uh, defied her parents by still going after Dexter Lumis, even though he lost the match. Um, I would say that you're probably going to still get Indian Dexter, uh, the fun, the fun stuff with them. So I'm looking forward to that. But is it time for Johnny to let the way go by the wayside and go back to being Johnny wrestling? If so, I mean I'm all for it. Big Johnny Gargano guy here. So I mean if this is the way that we get to Johnny V and Johnny wrestling again and the way falls by the wayside, 
it was effective for what it was. It got Indy Hartwell over. It got the stuff with Dexter Loomis over. Austin Theory got TV time, got paired with a really good guy in Johnny Gargano, learned from him. And Candice and Indy were, were NXT Women's Tag Titles champions for a little while. Um, so if this is it for the way, then, you know, to quote the Mandalorian, this is the way. We also have the question of, are we going to see more UK guys coming over? You know, we saw Tony Storm, who's now on SmackDown, have Imperium, all of them. The Grizzled Young Vets, uh, Ilya Dragunov was on the show last week uh, facing Pete Dunn. Um, I'm just trying to figure out if maybe Triple H is saying, let's get some more of these guys over here to kind of bulk up the NXT roster now that Vince went through and cut the shit out of that roster uh, recently. So I, I, I'm kind of holding my breath that maybe we see some more people from the NXT UK brand. Uh, I hope so. That's all I can kind of say is I hope. As I shrug my shoulders while driving my car. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for me today. Uh, it is the Tuesday preview for NXT. We talked about Raw. We talked about stuff. No new news on Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for SummerSlam yet. Keep an eye on that for that. If that gets announced as being canceled, don't worry. There will be an emergency podcast where we will discuss it. Maybe me by myself, maybe Ernest by himself. Uh, as Joe has now got a new job, Joe is kind of wrapped up for a little while. So you're going to maybe hear less and less of our, you know, our anchor of the daily podcast right now. But we're trying to get it up for you guys as much as we can. So I am Mike Rear. That is the Take 15, a Take 3 Wrestling Podcast. Follow me on, excuse me, on Twitter, at They Call Me Bird. You can follow the show at Take the Number 3 Wrestling. Joe is at JLo Sugar, And Ernest is at J Christian 7. So again, that is Take 15, a Take 3 Wrestling Podcast. I'm Mike Rear. We will talk to you guys tomorrow with the NXT wrap-up and the preview of Dynamite right here on Take 3.